She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. This caravan was organized by leftist groups in Honduras. They were sent north for the sole and exclusive reason of challenging the laws of the United States of America by coming into our country illegally. And the president's made it clear we're not going to allow it. We're not releasing them into our country any longer. They'll wait for long periods of time. We're putting up massive cities of tents. The military is helping us incredibly well. The president is committed to going out there, energizing the base, supporting those candidates who are pushing forward and supporting his agenda, which, as we know, it's a winning agenda. This election is about what course America takes, what road we travel, what course Texas takes. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the show. It's your host, Stacey Washington, with the scratchy voice because I spent yesterday screaming and yelling and enjoying myself at Trump Rally Columbia. And it was fantastic. <laughs> so thanks for being here today. Um, I want to welcome you in. If you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Thanks to all of our terrestrial listeners all over the country and especially to uh, those who've been here new, old, etc. Thank you for your time today. It's Friday. I can barely believe it. The last Friday before the midterm election, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're going to be voting. And we really have a lot to unpack today. We have a ton of guests. It's just going to be fantastic. So let me tell you what we're doing. First of all, we're going to be speaking to Joanna LeBlanc and Tim Wildman this hour. So I'm excited about this. Tim Wildman is the founder or son of the founder and and president of American Family Radio. He also has a show on AFR every day in the morning. And there's just so much that we're going to unpack about the midterms today. And then we also have Joanna LeBlanc. She'll be coming on in the next segment. She's a political and national security strategist, adjunct professor. She'll be talking about the border and the military being sent there. Um, I'm interested to hear what her perspective on this. So we'll see, you know, do we agree? Do we disagree? What does she think about this? And we're also going to have a Trump rally report from yours truly, because I went to my first Trump rally. It's my third time hearing the president speak in person, but my first time ever hearing him speak at a rally. And so to commemorate that, if you're watching via the live stream, you can see my super chic flowered Trump hat that I'm wearing. You can also see behind me on the wall, I had a couple of posters that I was able to make it out with, signs that we waved during the rally, promises made, promises kept, and women for Trump, which I'm liking that. I'm totally liking that. So um, right now I'm going to get into the Daily Confession, and this is super important because we see a lot of people out there, and they feel empowered to lie, to lie on behalf of their political cause or the thing that they really want to see happen in America. And I get it. I get it. It, people think that, well, if I just if I, I can't convince people the normal way, I can lie to them because in the end, it's going to be better for them. That's not how God's word works. That's not how his word works. That's not how we are supposed to work as Christians. And so I want to just take this time to caution us to remember that even if the political aim has a great goal at the end, lying about it is not what's key. And the specific lie that I'm talking about, the the keeps popping up this week is that President Trump is somehow going to change the uh, 14th Amendment through an executive order. That is not at all what he said. He said he is going to stop the practice 
of birthright citizenship for illegal aliens, which is not provided for in our Constitution. Our founders and our framers, when they formed the 14th Amendment, did not do so on behalf of illegal aliens or people who were in the country born to people who are not citizens. The only reason the 14th Amendment exists is for people like me, or at least the part of me that's descended from slaves on my father's side, where after the Emancipation Proclamation, some Americans thought, you know, American citizens don't include slaves. And so we can deport some of them. These are freed slaves. They don't belong here. We can deport them. Or the slaves can stay here, but their children can't stay. Their slaves are not American citizens. And so this was something that the U.S. government had to do to make sure that black Americans, not illegals from the south of the border, not illegals from China, not the children of dictators, no one else is included in this, not even American Indians. The only people that the 14th Amendment applies to, the reason it was written, are blacks who are descended from slaves. Now, obviously, if my husband and I, as we have done, we have three children. Our children are American citizens, not just because they were born here, but because their parents are subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. My husband and I are American citizens. That is what was meant to occur. So it doesn't matter what your ethnic background is or where you came from. If you emigrated here legally and you are in the country lawfully and subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, you are an American citizen and your children are American citizens. You can go have kids in Japan. Your children are American citizens because the Japanese aren't going to give them citizenship and your citizenship applies, meaning American children born abroad, children born abroad to Americans are still Americans. So children born abroad to Mexican citizens are still Mexicans. So I see a lot of people lying about what the president said he's going to do. I see a lot of people lying about his intent. And that upsets me because you got to win an argument on merit, not on lies. And it's not just that. I'm seeing more and more lies as we get closer and closer to Tuesday. And I don't believe God's going to honor that. But I do believe people are being deceived. And so I want to be rooted and grounded in the truth. And that's where we are right now. And so our daily confession is keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. Obviously, but it's never a bad thing for us to go to God's word and check ourselves and make sure that we're where we're supposed to be. So Proverbs 4.24 says, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Psalm 33.4. That's the confession for today. And happy Friday to you. So we're going to be sliding on into the weekend. And that's going to be awesome. But right now, I want to give you the Trump rally report. So the first time I heard the president speak in person was at Phyllis Schlafly's funeral held at the Cathedral Basilica, St. Louis. And he spoke very briefly about his relationship with Phyllis Schlafly, Phyllis Schlafly and her impact on American life because she was truly um, – an American influencer, if you will, before the term influencer came to mean what it means now. She influenced in every state in the nation, politically and on behalf of her faith. She was a a deeply devout Catholic woman, and she believed in pro-life issues, not from the perspective of like a political movement, but because it's God's word. And so it was just a really beautiful, beautiful speech that he gave. And it wasn't really political at all. It was much more, hey, the woman that I knew, the woman who she was very supportive of the president. She was very um, she offered him a lot of wisdom in in her interactions with him and her support of him. And Melania Trump was there as well. And we were all seated in the same cathedral. And it was just a beautiful event. 
And then the next time I heard him speak was in St. Charles where he came for, I can't say it was really a rally. It was a limited attendance event that you had to either register or be invited to go to. And he was in town speaking for that. And it was, you know, again, you know, standing room only crowd. Um, I, I had a media credential there as well. And so it was just a really nice event to go to. And he was very much the Donald Trump you see on television and everywhere else. He's really like that all the time. And so last night, well, it, it was really, this is a day long process. So the first thing I want to warn you about is if you're thinking of going to a Trump rally, you got to be there like 10 hours before it starts. If you don't want to have to go through extra steps to get where you're going. So I live about an hour and 45 minutes from Columbia and so I, you know, I, I got up and left to be there early because there was a certain time, a cutoff time for media credentialed individuals to check in. I got there early, but I ended up driving around Columbia trying to find this place because my map didn't show a correct address for the park. You're supposed to park in one area and catch a shuttle to the actual venue, which was the uh, Columbia airport, the regional airport there. Well, I ended up getting over to the area where the actual parking and shuttling was occurring, and it was already full. So I ended up parking quite a bit from there and not really understanding which building it was. So I was kind of trooping along with just a horde, notice how I use this term because it just means large crowd, of people, everybody in Trump gear, lots of jeans and tennis shoes, jeans and boots, jeans and rubber boots, lot, I mean, a sea of red hats, some red sweatshirts, some camo hats with Trump on them. I am happy to report I was the only one who had this flowered Trump hat, um, Annette Reed and Diane Neff, creators of this hat. And so we get, after the, the long baton march to get there, um, I went in the media entrance and I immediately, this happens at every event. So this is the second time this has happened. When you walk in to the media entrance and you're black and they don't already know who you are, you can see every black media person looks at you really hard to try to figure out who is that? And what are they doing here? And then when I put the Trump hat on, it was just glares and kind of looks of dismissal. And so I didn't even go up to the riser. I didn't. I walked through the seated area where they had tables. The tables were all labeled. And I was going to sit down and get my laptop out. And I said, you know what? I see people going through the gate. There was a little cordon. It was basically a metal crowd control divider that divided off the media area from the rest of the aircraft hangar. So I went over and she was ushering people through and I said, I've got a media pass. Can I get through here? And she said, yeah. I said, can I come back in after I get through? She said, yeah. Little did I know I wouldn't make it back into the media area. So I went around and I have some video that'll go up on StacyOnTheRight.com later on this afternoon because I have to actually upload it from my phone because there was no bandwidth available. Um, everyone there was using their cell phones to live stream and to take live video. And so there was almost no bandwidth at all. I got one short live stream video up on Facebook. For the most part, I was unable to get any any bandwidth. So I took my phone and I took some video of some of the music and the crowd shots. And as I was walking around, um, I, a few people recognized me, just like three out of like five or 6,000 people. So clearly not famous. I love it when people say, oh, you're famous. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not famous at all because people don't recognize me in public, which is actually, you know, it's a blessing. And so I get, I'm, I'm taking this video and I'm going around and everyone's waving at me. Now, if this is supposed to be this huge crowd of racists, here I am standing there six feet, two inches tall in cowgirl boots and a navy blue blazer and a Trump hat. If it was full of racists, everyone should have been booing or turning their faces away or refusing to wave. 
I didn't even have to wave. I just had my camera on a little, you know, handheld tripod thing. And as I panned around, everyone who caught sight waved. Some people waved back and said, oh, I like the hat. You know, hey, Trump, Trump, Trump 2020. Everyone was nice. People asked me, oh, are you, this is your first Trump rally? Or, you, you know, have you ever been to one before? I'm like, it's my third time hearing him speak. First actual Trump rally. And boy, it was a bear to get in here. And they also the same thing. Oh, I've been here since 10 this morning. I waited outside. You know, even people there who, who looked like they'd slept overnight. There was a considerable number of people who arrived the day before and slept overnight in tents and whatnot. And so as I'm moving through the venue, I notice everyone's really, it's just like a really festive atmosphere. Everybody's really upbeat and positive. Um, I notice people kind of taking it all in, you know, uh, out of the entire crowd. Because I know someone's going to ask. It, it was not a um, diversity event. I think there were maybe five black people there out of the thousands. I can't account for that, except that people go where they want to go. I went, and that to me was what mattered. Um, but everyone there was super positive, and I really enjoyed it. It was a good time. Um, the music was fun. The signs were fun. They threw T-shirts. They threw hats. Um, I didn't catch any of those, and I was I wasn't even trying. It was just such a huge crowd. Um, but there was a lot. There was a lot to take in. At one point, when the president was finally coming, a staffer came out with a navy blue folder and stuck it on the podium. Um, it said it had the presidential seal of, of the United States on it. And then they brought out a little disc that said president of the United States, the little official seal and stuck that stuck that to the front of the podium and then took a little covered cup of water and stuck it in the podium. And then the loudspeaker came on and he said, um, he said, tower, tower to Trump rally. Um, Air Force One is on final approach and everybody just started. It was so loud. I mean, it was just so amazing. Everybody was so energetic. And then about three minutes after that, he comes back on and he says, tower to Trump rally. Air Force One is wheels down. Another emotional eruption of energy and flag waving and, and, and sign waving. And then about 10 minutes after that, Air Force One taxis up within full view of the crowd and the president, the stairs are wheeled over and the president comes down and the rally was just amazing. We laughed, we booed, we hemmed and hawed. It was so much fun. All right, that's the music. When we get back, we'll have Joanna LeBlanc <laughs> right after this. Len Ingram of Redeem Clean felt God call him to support the American Family Association. I'm a laundryman. I'm the son of a laundryman too. I love clean clothes. I love the business. I love everything about it. This project was built exclusively to support AFA and AFR. There's no strings attached. Another thing that I would like to see come out of this is that I would like to see other business people feel a calling to support ministries wherever and whatever they do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean Laundry Detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, and get Redeem Clean products at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. 
I have been privileged and blessed to have godly men deeply touch my life. My dad, a man of impeccable integrity. Bill Bright, perhaps the godliest man I've ever known. Dr. Robinson McQuilkin, the epitome of servant leadership. These men shaped my life, and even though they're with the Lord now, there's still a rich treasure from which I constantly draw. We're on a journey through this life, and others are watching us. That's why I'm drawn to Psalm 71. It's a psalm written by an older man. He's staring death in the face, and in this psalm, he's recounting his life and hope in God. He says in verse 7, I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. Now verses 17 and 18, O God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. I think based upon this text, we need to become a spiritual treasure for others. He says, I have become a marvel to many. The reason he is a marvel is because they see that God is his refuge. Secondly, point others to your refuge. Verse 17, the last part of that verse, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. I want to point others to the deeds God has done in my life as a source of encouragement to them. Then finally, declare God's greatness and works. Verse 18, and even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength. Here's what I want you to remember today. A walk with God is not a private affair. Let's be intentional about shaping future generations for the cause of Christ. Thanks, Crawford, and thank you for listening to today's Legacy Moment, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. All right, we have the wrong number in the calendar for the guest. I've reached out to Demetrius to find out what's going on with that. But until then, I have a little bit of audio for you. Um, and I, I could go on and on about the Trump rally. Welcome back to the show. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Pleasure to be with you. Um, don't forget, it's Operation Christmas Child. You can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. We will definitely be so appreciative of you joining in with us. Um, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. And, uh, you know, now's the time to buy those jump ropes and um, small gifts, toiletries, fun things that kids can have that you can pack into a small box to show the love of Christ to these kids around the world from us. And so much prosperity here, so much it takes very little for us to show them love and give them just an inkling of what God's love and caring and, and, and provision is for them through Operation Christmas Child. So SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. Um, so what I am so excited to do is just just one more little bit about the rally. So we have um, really had just, we've been so blessed. And I think maybe... Um, Maybe because of President Trump's presentation, a lot of times more refined people, you know, and I, I really, I'm one of those people. I, I've been called sadiddy and uppity by, I can't tell you by how many people before to my face, which, you know, to their credit, they were, they were very open about it. And I, I actually don't care about that. And when I was younger, I, I would think, wow, that is so rude, but I don't care about that anymore because I am what I am. I'm, I'm what God made me and I'm perfectly happy to be this way. You know, the people who matter seem to love it. So it's cool. But if you're the kind of person who doesn't really like you don't click with President Trump's presentation, then you kind of miss 
um, what 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 he's trying to put forward. So he's he's actually um, he's very no nonsense and he doesn't trust intellectuals. So that wouldn't be a big deal, right? Um, except Washington is jam packed full of intellectuals, and so is the Republican Party. And the Democrats are full of intellectuals as well. They're the, they are, these are our overlords. They are our betters. They're the people who rule over us. And so for all of us who, you know, maybe we shop at Costco or Sam's Club and Aldi, and I said us, I do that stuff. Um, if you've ever bought any clothing from Walmart, I certainly have. Um, you know, if you're the kind of person who, I, I always say, these are, these are my people. That was my joke last night to my, my girlfriends from book club. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see my people (laughs) going to Columbia, Missouri to see my people. And I know for most black intellectuals, especially black liberals, they'd say, well, those aren't your people. They're racist. But there was no racial interaction last night. You know, there was a lot of smiling and people being nice and someone bumped into you. They put their hand on your shoulder and say, oh, excuse me. You know, it it was just I, I call them my people because for me, my people are, are the body of Christ. You know, my people, it's really any person who's decent and can look you in the eye and shake your hand and not judge you based on something that's incidental, like the permanent tan. You know, my people are ones that believe that, you know, Jesus Christ, the son of God died on the cross the third day, wrote first went to, to hell and took the keys from Satan, then rose to the right hand of the father and is right there now pleading on the mercy seat for you and I on a daily basis. Lord, don't hold these people's sin against them. Remember, they're human. Those are my people. So it's not about the permanent tan. So I can be with any group of people or any individual and find that, you know, as Americans, even, even with foreigners, it, people are people who are not going to be perfect. They're not going to be um, like movie stars, but because movie stars aren't even movie stars, but they are going to be people. And I found the group last night to be my people. The same way I feel when I'm in church and I look around and I say, those are my people. I could even say that at the grocery store if we're all standing there with our eyebrows up because we're all tired of waiting in line. Those are my people too, right? We're Americans. So I, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of the, the nasty assertions against uh, wonderful Americans who just believe a political ideology that opposes what we currently see in Washington. Um, so we'll go into some more. We, we have our guest. Awesome. So we have Joanna LeBlanc, political and national security strategist, adjunct professor, Bethune-Cookman University. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, okay. Well, so almost, we almost have the guests ready, I suppose. Um, We're going to talk with her about the military being sent to the Mexico border, and we're going to have... um, a discussion about what her thoughts are on that with um I really I have no idea what's going on here. I really don't. Um it says the guest is ready. So while we're waiting on the guest, I want to listen to Harry Reid destroying the concept of birthright citizenship. It's number one. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No, son, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship, 
and guarantee of full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country, county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers? So this was years and years ago, over 10 years ago, when Harry Reid made this statement. Now, I know the Democrats have since reversed their feeling about whether or not people should be in the country legally because they're looking for voters. But this isn't about feelings. It's about what the law says. So I suppose now we can speak to uh, Joanna LeBlanc, political and national security strategist, adjunct professor at Bethune-Cookman University. Thanks for joining the show today. Thank you. Good afternoon, Stacey and listeners all across our great nation. Um, thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. Perfect. So let's talk about the military being sent to the military to, to the Mexico border. Um, the buildup is now at 5,200 troops that are in addition to the 2,100 or so National Guardsmen that were already deployed. The number of authorized deployed troops from the National Guard is actually 4,000. So those troops could be supplemented as well. And the president recently announced that he would even add up to a total of 15,000 active duty military troops to the border to ensure that there could be no illegal border crossings. Okay, great. Well, al allow me before we go into the, you know, the whole notion of Donald Trump sending, um, um, you know, um, troops to the, to the southern border, allow me to put this crisis into context, and then we can go um, into the law that governs um, asylum seekers and such. So, so here we have a group of roughly 7,000 women, babies, children, grandparents, and men who have been walking 20 miles a day for weeks in order to reach the southern border in an effort to escape gang violence and other atrocities from central Florida. And those folks are mainly from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. And, and, and I want the listeners to keep in mind that uh, many of the migrants are, are in danger of heat stroke, um, dehydration, and, and other, and other life-threatening conditions. And yesterday, the president of the United States, um, United States addressed the nation from the White House, indicating that migrant workers, um, those migrant workers are criminals who plan to invade our land. Okay, let, let me stop you there. Joanna, I, I want to make sure that we can have a good discussion. And so I understand that you have your feelings about what the president said. We also have information from the ground, from reporters, where people have admitted that they've been convicted of attempted murder in this country, and they are now trying to get back to the country and come in with this migrant group. And the, the group is comprised of women, children, grown men, some criminals, some Bangladeshis, some people from uh, not even South America, from outside of our continent. And it's not really an issue of if they're suffering from dehydration. If you undertake a 1,000-mile journey you, on foot, you are going to suffer from dehydration. The question is, um, why would we as a country allow 10,000, 15,000 people to march on our southern border and gain access to the country and leapfrog other individuals who are currently in the pipeline, over a million a year, who gain access to this country through legal immigration? So I understand that there are extenuating circumstances, 
But all of these people are not escaping political violence because if they were, they would accept asylum in Mexico. And all of them have rejected the asylum offer from the country of Mexico. I, I understand what, what you're saying, Stacey, but I, I feel as though it, it's, again, it's election season and, and the president has to, um, is more likely than not hoping to appeal to his base. But he already appeals to the base. There, he doesn't have to try to appeal to the base. He already appeals to the base. 289 accomplishments. This man is doing a fantastic job for those of us who wanted him to implement his agenda. This isn't a political stunt unless you consider the fact that George Soros and outside actors, other nation states, actually put out a call for these people to come and gather and create a caravan to march north. If, if anyone's participating in political stunts, it's George Soros who is intimately connected with the Democrats? Well, what I can tell you as, as an immigrant myself, I can tell you firsthand that are you a lawful immigrant? I'm not fleeing. I am a United States. I'm an American citizen, actually. Did you so come here lawfully before you applied for citizenship? Did you come here lawfully? I entered into this country lawfully. But, okay. But this is not. This is not about me. What I can tell you is that as an immigrant myself. I can tell you firsthand that these folks are not fleeing their homes just for the sake of it. I can tell you that they are merely seeking refuge and that they feel as though America can provide them with some kind of safe haven. And, and I'm not we can. saying that we should. We can. Joanna, no, one is, no one is saying that we can't provide a safe haven. This is the best place to live on Earth, as you know, since you're an immigrant. That's, it's not about absolutely. them. Not it, it's, it's absolutely the best place. But the question is, how many people do you think worldwide would prefer to hold American citizenship? Do you do you have a, a wild guess? I don't. I can tell you they've done a survey and mm-hmm. they they went all across the world and surveyed people in different countries and asked them if they would prefer to move to the United States and become American citizens if they could or remain citizens of their own country. They got a response back of one point seven billion and there are over. Two billion people on this planet who live without running water and indoor plumbing. So I would say, just I'm I'm just guessing here that if we were to say these ten thousand can come and then fifteen thousand after that and then a hundred thousand after that, how long would it be before we had one point seven billion people inside of America trying to take advantage of what we have here? Okay, let, let me let me finish. Making no, my no, point. I I I would like you to answer the question because it's really important that we deal from the same place here. A lot of people okay, live in so, horrible conditions and want to be Americans. How many do you think should be allowed to come here? I mean, we, we, we have an immigration system in place, which is broken. It's not, it's no, not the best. No, but I just have, would love a, qua- a, I love a, a quantitative answer of how many people you feel who are not citizens should be permitted to come into this country and become citizens just because they live in a place that's worse than America. How many of that 1.7 1, 1. billion should be allowed to come here? I don't think that's relevant. It is relevant because if you say the 10,000 from south of the border should come, then what about the other 1.7 billion who also want to come? Why are the people from south of the border so much more important than, say, people from Haiti? That people from Haiti want to live here, too. The point that I was trying to get to is, and, and I'm not arguing that we should just open up the border and just let anybody come through, right? There's a system well, it in place. Sounds place. like that's what so you're with saying. Trump, with Trump, no, no, that's not the, I was trying to get to my point, but you did not allow me to finish. But the point I'm trying to get to, I understand that President Donald Trump is deploying um, troops to the southern border, which is absolutely fine. I'm okay with that. 
But my concern is, are those, are those members of the truth, are they going to be there to serve as a, as a means to intimidate or to provide human, humanitarian um, um, effort, right? If, if they're there for the sole purpose of humani- humanitarian, I think it is absolutely okay. But to be there to strictly to intimidate those folks, that is unacceptable. That is not well, the America Joanna, that I know. That is not the jo- America that I Joanna. love. That I will- You are a taxpaying American citizen. I'm an Air Force veteran. My dad was an Army veteran. My granddad was an Army veteran. My great-granddad was an Army veteran. Do you know what the purpose of the U.S. Armed Forces is? It's to kill people and break stuff. It's to ultimately dominate in any arena, land, sea, air, space. That is the purpose of the United States military. They are not a humanitarian peacekeeping force. They are an armed insurrection unit that operates on behalf of the U.S. government and American taxpayers to subjugate, dominate, and ultimately victoriously overcome any and all obstacles in every arena. So the, the, no, the fact that they're being deployed along with all of that equipment is to protect our national sovereignty and our border. So no, they're not going down there to shoot people. They're not going down there to, um, to harm anyone. But if they are assaulted by these wonderful grannies and um, babies and, you know, the children and the women who threw rocks and beat up the military police and the, the Mexican military police and the Mexican uh, peacekeepers that they sent down there. They beat them up, broke down their barrier and kept going. I think we're being speculative, right? I, no, no, I, I that's that not that's speculation. Going, but... we, have, we have video evidence of them throwing rocks and beating up the Mexican police at the border at the southern Mexico border so that they could keep moving. That was the same caravan you're talking about that's full of innocent children, women, and moms. They beat the stuffing out of the Mexican police down there. Do you expect our troops to be beaten up and bloodied about the face and, and then be peacekeepers and let these people into our country? I understand your point, Stacey, but now that we have those people unroute to come to the U.S. border, what, what I'm proposing is that you know, we allow them with a process to apply for asylum, right? I don't, none of have them have the, none of them are asylee candidates because they refused asylum in Mexico. I just, Joanna, I respect you for coming on and I think you're, you're a kind hearted person, but before you wade into this debate, you really need to spend some time looking at actual footage of what these people are like. And then you need to remember that unless you're willing to take 10, 20, 30 of them into your own home, We should allow our laws to dictate what happens with these people. We have laws for a reason. Our emotions should not dominate this discussion. Thank you for coming on today. We'll be back with Tim Wildman, president of AFA, right after this. Physical activity is the new trend. It's not a bad thing unless it has brought a sense of vanity in your life. Two years ago, I was not happy with the number on the scale nor how I looked. I've never been a huge person, but I was, as the old folks would say, healthy. (laughs) I joined a gym, gained a personal trainer, even changed some of my eating habits. The Lord checked me one day and in my spirit said, why are you disgusted with yourself? Be healthy, take care of the temple I've loaned you, but do it because you want to honor this body, which is your responsibility while on this earth. I said, you better let me know, Abba. Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
15 pounds down, I know that even if I was to never look like Serena Williams with those nice framed worked out arms, I am wonderfully made in his image. And so are you. With the heart for the Urban Family, I'm today's Urban Woman, Victory McIntosh. Connect with us more at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. I tried to stay high every minute of every day. I came here to Teen Challenge because I knew this was a place that was going to change my life. It's changed who I am. I am not the woman that I came in the doors at at all. If you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, Adult to Teen Challenge can help. There are centers across the country, and you can find the one nearest you at 855-AND-ADDICTION or at TeenChallengeUSA.com. This is Urban Family Talk. We need you to call your senators today. Tell them to put an end to the liberals filibuster, switch to a majority vote, and defund Planned Parenthood. Your call will make a difference. Call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121 or go to afaaction.net. Again, call 202-224-3121 and tell your senators to switch to a majority vote and defund Planned Parenthood. From America's election headquarters. Arizona's 2nd Congressional District along the southern border is a key race on election night. Voters will decide between former Democratic Congresswoman Ann Kirkpatrick. You know, you've got to be visible, um, listening to people about their concerns. And Republican businesswoman Leah Marquez-Peterson. The seat is vitally important to keep our House majority, to keep the great progress we've had in the economy. Both candidates are vying to replace current GOP candidate for U.S. Senator Martha McSally. In in recent years, the district has been a consistent toss-up. The latest Fox News power rankings show the seat as lean Democrat, and a recent poll has Kirkpatrick with an 11-point lead and 10% remain undecided. Though Democrats have more registered voters in this district than Republicans, the ability for either candidate to win over that majority independent vote could be a key factor come election night. In Tucson, Arizona, Charlie LaPastora, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being here. I am really, really, um, I'm, I'm kind of dismayed because I just, I really expected to have some kind of discussion about the pros and cons or what some of the available options were going to be as far as what what, what can we do to stop people from deciding to break our immigration laws and come here illegally? And I, I just, I can't understand that any person, especially a person sporting the permanent tan, would advocate for lawbreakers to receive different treatment than American citizens. If we are required to abide by the law from everything from registering our cars to parking on one side of the street on street cleaning day to putting our trash out on a certain day to all of the laws that we have going up, up the line, all of us are subject to those laws. Why would foreigners not be subject to those laws? And I, I just go back to, I don't get tired of talking about it because it's important. And these were real people. And what, notice I said were. Some of these people are no longer with us because illegal aliens killed them, raped them, kidnapped them. We're talking about 5,000 sexual assaults in the year 2017 committed by 127,000 illegal aliens who were apprehended. 2,000 kidnappings, 1,800 homicides, 48,000 assaults. If even one of the people in the caravan who applies for asylum is a criminal lawbreaker, we've, done, we've, we've, we've missed out on our opportunity 
to properly serve taxpayers in this country. And I just won't be a party to that. I won't condone it. I won't allow someone to condone it on this program without adequately pushing back. We have to start having some common sense in our conversations surrounding who we allow into this country. Not, I know Joanna would never allow a, a lawbreaker or a criminal into her own home. So why should we allow those people into America? Because their country that they come from is not that great. I don't see it. Oh, perfect. All right. So live from Studio H, we have Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim, for joining me today. Hey, Stacy, how are you today? You know what? I'm doing awesome. I survived a Trump rally yesterday. <laughs> oh, he was in Missouri, right? Where was St. Louis or where? He was in Columbia. Okay. So it was a little little drive for me, but it was a fantastic event. And he's actually in Cape Girardeau on Monday, but I'm working. I'm going to be here. <laughs> oh, he's there for the Senate race, right? Yeah, yeah. For uh, Josh Hawley, who's our attorney general, he's running against Claire McCaskill. And the Missouri Scout poll has him five points ahead of her. Is that a pretty trustworthy poll? It is. But you know what, Tim? Um, the real clear politics average has them in a dead heat. And um, one of the other polls that they use over at RCP actually has them. He, so he's two points ahead within the margin of error. So it's a tight race. Now, Claire McCaskill, she's not one of those crazy Democrats, right? No, no. She's she likes President Trump and she wants to support him 100 percent, whatever he wants to do at the southern border. Right. OK. <laughs> All right. I just I wonder when the, the convention of the crazy Democrats versus the sane ones will uh, if they split that up or is they. I don't know how I that just, works. I, you know what, Tim? I just learned that there were two factions, the crazy Democrats and the regular Democrats. I thought they yeah. were all one group. But Claire is teaching us new things in these last days getting up to the election. Yeah. The, well, who do you think is going to win? You know, my prayers are on Josh Hawley. He uh -huh. was at the rally last night and um, he was there with his wife. And I just had her on the show earlier in the week to talk about her new book. Um, and they were just, they were, they, it was as good as it gets as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as people um, being excited about them. Uh -huh. He was energized. He spoke to the crowd. So the president actually introduced him. He went up the stairs, took the podium, and the president stood behind him and he spoke. And it was really, it was good. He was energetic and the crowd responded mm -hmm. very well to him. I think he's got the outstate locked up, but it's the big population centers, Kansas City, Cape Girardeau, uh, St. Louis, where he's going to really need to pull in. And any voter who is thinking about staying home has to turn out if they want to see him win. Yeah, that's going to be one to watch for sure. And if the Republicans pick up that one, you know, they could uh, it'll be one of the ones they're counting on, I would guess, to move ahead to 54, 55 seats uh, before the night's over. I guess that would be their best case scenario. It would be something like 55 you know what's what's important about that? I know people are talking about. Uh, by the way, I don't. Even, is this why you had me on to talk about no, this? I, okay, Stacey. So first of all, wanna, Tim, you've you never been me? on my show. You've yeah. never been on my show. I've been right. on your show. You've never been on my yeah. show. That's why you're here. So you talk about whatever uh, you want. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, let's break down my golf swing. Uh, oh, I don't know uh, anything about golf. So well, that's tell what me I'm more. saying. So I'll break it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, you know what? The the people are talking about the House and the Senate. You know, and whether the House will flip to the Democrats and an uh, NP. Uh, I'm not going to say her name on a Friday afternoon when I'm feeling good. <laughs> N NP. We all know who I'm talking about. We do. And it was Halloween a couple of days ago. So put those together if you want to. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts about. NP, but anyway, she she if she is going to be the uh, next speaker of the house, 
you know, if the Democrats take over. The Republicans, to me, you know, all they need to do is hold on to my one uh, in the House. If they can hold on to one, and I think there's a seven, is it 17 vote? Is it yeah. seven, 17 that have to flip in order to the Democrats? If they can hold yeah. on to one, then they keep uh, the liberals from taking over the uh, committees. Uh, that's going to be the problem uh, if if she takes over that. As far as the Senate goes and the committees, and we know all that's going to come with that, uh, but uh, we go back to Russia and... <laughs> yeah, and, and constant investigations, uh, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just mayhem. And I, I really, I'm encouraging people just to think about, so we got two years left of the Trump presidency. I can't believe we're already two years in. It seems mm-hmm, like it was just yesterday, mm-hmm. but... You know what, Tim? We're talking about these people will want to impeach him based on not liking his hairdo. Yeah. And we'll have to put up with those impeachment proceedings for what? 12, 18 months? Yeah, I know. I, I can't don't even I don't, imagine. No, I don't. But on the on the on the sun, sunny side is the Senate. And if the Senate can go to 55, for example, or 54 even, then the president gets all his judges through. And there's no uh, you know, there's no big question about uh, well, is Susan Collins or uh, Mark, whatever the last Murkowski, girl, yeah, yeah, whatever her name is, uh, are they going to go? You know, because they're pro quote pro choice, are they going to vote against the president's Supreme Court of uh, uh, nominee? So, the Supreme Court, he will get his judges through, and the federal appellate court uh, system, he'll get all his judges through. So, you know, the House won't affect the Senate in that regard. That's one good thing we can can say, even if. NP uh, takes over as the leader of the uh, well, House of Representatives. I'm not going to say her name either because it is Friday and I want people to slide into the weekend right. just on yes. good spirits. But, Tim, what do you think happens with the repeal of Obamacare if if they are able to take the Senate, like if the Republicans can get a couple more seats um, and they get to 54 or 55? What what happens with the repeal of Obamacare? Do they finally get it together and do it? Because it was a campaign promise. Are you talking about the Republicans? Yeah. They promised to repeal Obamacare. Well, I don't know how you do that with a Democratic-controlled House of Representatives, unless some of the Democrats want to want to want to do that. As a few Democrats want to do that as well. Uh, You know, you got this sixty-vote rule over there in the uh, Senate. You know, and I'm against it, but most people on our side are for it. I would say. Mm And um, it requires 60 votes to get anything done of any substance. And you're not going to get to 60 votes for the repeal of Obamacare if that's what it requires. Unless you use the, what is it called? Uh, the, uh, when they, the Well, the once a year thing they can use, uh, what they use to pass Obamacare, reconciliation. Yeah. 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 The, that's a. Reconciliation to me is uh, I've got a broken relationship with a friend and I need to put it back together. So. Uh, I haven't had that happen in a long time, but this reconciliation thing that they bring up in the uh, in the Congress uh, has to do with the fact that uh, you can you you don't have you can have a law passed which does not have to go by the sixty vote rule. Uh, the filibuster is unable to touch that. So unless you were able to use that, but I even think that failed last time because remember John McCain, thumbs <laughs> down, John. You remember that? Yes, he yes. came in. He 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 so bad wanted to stick it to Trump. And he, he did. And he had his chance, and he did it. He told the press before he went out on the Senate floor, "Watch this." Mm-hmm. And he went out there and he put his thumb down. Well, you went, know the the good thing about him yeah. going on into eternity is that his ghost has released 
Lindsey Graham. <laughs> right. And so Lindsey Graham has been loose. He's, it's, he's like a Pentecostal running up and down the aisles. He's in the spirit. He's 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 fired up. He gets angry now. Like he has emotions again. He was where, literally where was this Lindsey Graham been for, for his whole so career? Much. Think about how what we could have had. Just just for one second, Tim, ponder yeah, no. what okay. we could have had as Americans had we had this Lindsey Graham for the whole time he's been. I know, there. I know. No, you're right. You know, <sighs> like where has he been? He's 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 channeling somebody. I'm not I sure. I wish exactly he would who. lay hands yeah. on the others. I wish he would just. You know how it is. I I believe in it. I had yeah. um one of the he's a he's a leader. I can't remember his name, but he has he's a leader in um the legal arena for Christians and and all of that. And he was at the Huckabee show, and I was there. And we were in the makeup chair together. And he was like, there's nothing you can do to make me look good. And we all started laughing. And then the makeup lady said she only had one child. And I launched into my traditional speech, which is now legendary because I give it to anyone. I don't, you, I don't have to know you. I'm going to tell you that you need to have three kids for America. Do it right, for America. And right. you, will, you will enjoy it. And now that I know the Addisons and, and, and you know, I, I, I'm telling you. Five children actually is the best. We only have three. I feel like we missed out. So I keep telling them, you know, have more kids. And he said, well, how many do you have? I said, I only have three, but I want people to have the same blessings that we've had. And he said, well, I have 10 kids. And he said, not Catholic. He said, Southern Baptist, hot wife. I said, what? He said, I have 20 grandkids. I said, 20 grandkids. I said, come on over, lay hands on me because I want to have 20 grandkids too. So he did. He prayed for me and my husband to be Mm -hmm. fruitful and plentiful in the grandchildren arena. And so I believe that Lindsey Graham could get with the chaplain of the Senate yeah. and go through and lay hands on yeah. those members, especially Murkowski, especially Collins, lay hands on them mm-hmm. and loose them. They might be I under the spirit know. of John you McCain. Got the, then you got the whole Me Too movement thing. Uh, oh, well, you know, cause he can, they can lay hands on, on the same woman. desk. Okay, on the same desk. He can lay hands on their desk. Same desk. Yeah, I agree with I, that. I, you're right. That Me Too thing yeah. could really come back and bite yeah. him if you... <laughs> yeah. Don't take my advice then, because I I would have really messed that one up. I forgot about the Me Too. Yeah, we were cheering for you know when when that happened. I'm sure a lot of people when Lindsey Graham had his uh, his Lin, Lindsey Gr- when he came out uh, of the uh, and wow, you just went wow. Where's that Lindsey Graham been forever? Mm-hmm. But you know, I tell you what, I, I'm uh, there's one part of me that's glad what happened with the Kavanaugh hearings. I'm not glad it happened the way it did, but I guess. One thing that that it did do it was it shows the quote establishment or the moderate Republicans how uh, vile the other side is at its mm-hmm. core, and they got to experience it uh, firsthand. And it wasn't just uh, my dear friend, my dear my dear Democrat friend from so and so or so and so. It was wow. I think for a lot of those guys, because you're being chased down at restaurants, you're being mm-hmm. chased down the halls of of the Senate, you're being harassed on your Facebook page, you know, you're, you're getting calls and, and so forth that uh, from these people, like the ones that were banging on the Supreme Court doors. Mm-hmm. These people, uh, unhinged doesn't even begin to describe them. They're the Maxine Waters, uh, you know, followers. Uh, these people, uh, I'm glad that, that the, the moderates on our side got to experience that full, full force because then they sh- they, they're, they're waking up to what we're really facing. I think that's what happened to Lindsey Graham that day. You know, Tim, I, I gotta say, and I'm not, I'm not one for that kind of learning experience. Like I prefer for people to learn in any other way right. than to I understand. experience what they. But in some ways, I feel like just hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, yeah, it's the only way they could see what they were enabling. I, I 
used to hear Lindsey Graham say, my good friend so-and-so from across the aisle. And it just used to make my skin crawl because I thought there's nothing good about right, that, right. That, that voting pattern over there. And you just want to make things feel good. And I, I know what it feels like, Tim, to a much smaller degree because on school board, I had to kind of partner up with people that I was ideologically opposed to to get certain things voted in. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, thank you to uh, yeah. other board members for joining me. But there was an undercurrent for me that, you know, we just made a deal to do this. But I'm still over here sharpening my yeah. daggers for the next encounter because you and I don't agree. We right. like we can barely agree on the day of yeah. the week. It's you, just you don't much. you don't have to be disrespectful. I'm not I'm not saying that Lindsey Graham should get up there and say my dirty dog uh, <laughs> opponent, my dirty dog opponent from California. I'd like to talk to her about her right now. You don't have to say something like that. Uh, although that would be hilarious, but you don't. I was to, just thinking yeah, I would yeah, like to hear it. Yeah, but but you don't have to say something like that. You can just say you you just don't have to. Uh, you can say the senator or whatever, uh, but you can be respectful. But at the same time, we, we the time for acting like these people are people of goodwill mm-hmm. uh, somehow is 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 over. Maybe there are a few handful of those folks over there who would fall into that category, but we're seeing the real face of the progressive movement, and mm-hmm. it's it's kick them kick them kick them while you know kick them in the shins as uh, it is. What's his name said, Eric Holder? Yeah, or or Cory Booker, because according to Hillary, <laughs> we all look alike. I'm over here. I'm, I'm like, well, I'm black too. Do I look like those guys? Come on now. I mean, you know, she well, can't. I can't. She get away with that? How I, did she I get away know. with that? I don't oh. know. I don't know. I don't know. I better stop right what, there. She. She, I, here's the thing that yeah. is a blessing that she and I have never actually met in person right. because I just have so many questions. I'm, right. I'm not I'm not intimidating at all. I'm just saying I have so many questions for and Madam Secretary for 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 <laughs> soon to be president. Oh, I can't even say it. Tim She's Wildman. not going to run again, is she? Oh, you know what? We better pray about that. Uh, we better get on our uh, knees and ask the Lord to spare us. That would be a, that would be a uh, episode of the Twilight. That would be a Mercy. Twilight Zone movie if she ran. Mercy. I don't even think the Democrats wanted to run again. Quite they frankly, don't. yeah, they don't. You know what? Thank you okay. for joining the show today, Stacey. Tim Wildman, president of AFA. Thank you for coming on. All right, we'll be back. Uh, if you're staying with us, we'll be back. If you're Leaving us now, God bless from the heartland. Happy weekend to you. Get in the pew on Sunday and uh, have a fantastic evening, citizens from the heartland.